the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. I'm your glamorous host, David Strausser, and it's time for another epic episode of Shark Bite Biz, your place to learn how to grow a business during complete chaos. (laughs) We have another rocket show for you all today. Uh, Another one of my good friends is coming in here to talk with us. In fact, this is the guy that gave me my big break. The person who really allowed me to form into how I am today. You all heard me speak about the events that I've done in my past. And it was actually today's guest who believed in me and said... Well, yeah, this is kind of crazy. And you said it's a business event, but William Hung is going to be the keynote speaker and performing. You know, he said that scratching his head because it was a little bit different. You're going to serve dessert first, calling it an anti-luncheon. And I was like, uh, yeah, 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 that's about right. Today's guest just said to me, you know what, David? This is something different. It's way more different than I think what we've ever done. But if anybody can pull it off, I think that person is you. So I'll back you. Let's do it. He then went backing me and literally cutting down all the red tape with his machete all the way. And it really allowed me to make a a huge, huge difference. Uh, It really changed my career trajectory. In fact... It not only impacted me personally, but I think it had a positive effect to the industry as a whole, that being the ERP industry. And it really changed how Vision 33, you know, my day job, how we do our promotion with SAP Business One. So it really had a lot of impact. And because of what our guests did for me, It allowed me to achieve that level of success, so I am forever grateful to him. That story aside, though, we do have one of the country's most respected realtors on the interview for today, and we're going to discuss how COVID-19 has impacted the industry, current inventory levels, and what you need to look for in a realtor these days. So who is today's guest? Ryan Asau. Ryan Asau is an influential and respected realtor in the San Gabriel Valley and surrounding areas. He has served on numerous leadership committees and was the 2012 president of the Arcadia Association of Realtors. Ryan has a passion for education and loves his realtor family. Aside from serving on the board of directors for the Arcadia Association of Realtors, Ryan has been very active with YPN, that's Realtors Young Professionals Networks, and was the brainchild of the YPN Pledge. He serves as the vice president of the Mount Sac Foundation, Chair of the Young Executives Committee at the City Club of Los Angeles. That's where he helped me out with my events. And he serves on the Board of Directors for the California Association of Realtors. 
serves on the board of directors for the National Association of Realtors and a proud graduate of the National Association of Realtors Leadership Academy in 2018. So in other words, this was a very long way of saying that Riot is very accomplished and he is very active in both his community and with the realtors nationally. So without further ado, let's bring Ryan on in here. Reach your customer. Ryan, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. So glad to have you here today, man. Good to see you, brother. How you been? Good, good. So I know who you are. You and me, we go back a couple years now, I think, probably three, four years. But for all of our listeners, all of our viewers out there on YouTube, do us a favor. Tell us your experience, your background, the magic that makes Ryan Ryan. Uh, okay, so to keep it kind of short and sweet, um, I'm 43 years old, been in this business about in the real estate business about 20 years now. Uh, mm-hmm. Born and raised in the southern or Southern California, so in the San Gabriel Valley near Pasadena. Uh, grew up in a small t- uh, city called Temple City. Um, fast forward, you know, played sports, you know, had a child at 20. So that was my story. So I was a young parent um, and that made me grow up fast. But, um, but you know, I think that's what makes me who I am. And, you know, that's my big why is my kids. So I, I had my 17 year old who's 17 now. I was only 19. So I'm right there with you. I know exactly. So my oldest is 23. She's actually working on my team now. She's my marketing director and, you know, transaction coordinator and all that fun stuff. But uh, she's a great asset to my team. Um, so I have a real estate team now, you know, but a uh, 16 yeah. year old son in high school and then a 14 year old son that's about to go into high school. So, uh, so that's my big why, um, you know, I always tell people everything happens for a reason. So my two yeah. models in life are you make your own luck and no matter what life throws your way, you roll with the punches. So you'll have oh. your ups and downs and marriage and life and career, but you stay focused. You have your goals. You're going to be able to, to make, you know, make good things happen to you for your family. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And there, that's some solid advice to live by. So I got a little story for you. It's been a minute since we've chatted because I moved out here to Philly and left you back in L.A. I know. Miss you in L.A. (laughs) Yeah. So do you know Alea Harris from the City Club? Alea Harris. Alea Harris. I think so. Okay. Okay. Well, it's a small world. I do not know her personally, but we were talking. Her episode just came out. I believe it's episode number 44 on the Shark Bite Biz podcast. And we were talking casually before we started recording. And here she was at our very first executive luncheon out there in LA with William Hung. I love that. And that's the reason you're in Philly. So again, yeah, Philly, yeah. You know, Small world it. though, isn't it, Med? That is cool. What does she do? I don't you know, we've had so many people come to Flourish those events. marketing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the special things we're doing. We did at the city club. I'm telling you that we, a signature event, but because of this whole COVID world, you know, we haven't been able to go to the club pretty much all year. So I have been playing yeah. a little bit more golf. So that's been a blessing because <laughs> golf is the best. I think COVID sport right now, but uh, otherwise, yeah, we have uh, to- Pyramid Club. So my viewers know about the City Club. I reference it often because I have had many good friendships come out of there. It's the business club that's out in Los Angeles. That's also where I met uh, Ryan. You know, he was the head of the Young Executive Committee, and that's 
the person that kind of trusted me with my weird ideas as far as putting on these shows out there that turned out to be smash hits with our anti-luncheons. I know we gave you the, you know, I gave you the ball and you ran with it and you killed it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciative. So anyways, yeah, let's uh, really talk about you and start picking your brain. I know everybody that's listening wants to hear about real estate. Let's start with, I don't know if you know, but we're in this pandemic right now. Right. Right. Yeah, we definitely are in a pandemic. Yeah, definitely. So we're in this pandemic that just doesn't want to go away. How has your team had to pivot to deal with COVID-19 so far this year? Okay. Um, Yeah, that's always the number one question. So again, the number one thing is you got to follow your local law. But, um, you know, what's great is our local association. You know, I'm very active with the local, state, and national association of realtors. But at all three levels, I think that they did, at least in California, they did a phenomenal job about communicating what the local ordinances are, you know, local counties are doing. So number one was abide by all the city and um, city and county COVID-19 laws. So we can't do open houses still, you know, I don't, some states might be able to, but I know in California, we're still not able to do um, open houses. So it's, it's scheduled. I think it's how we've had to pivot as a team is um, do everything kind of virtually. So we kind of did, you know, we've moved to the, you know, Zoom platform, uh, to do a lot of buyers consultations, a lot of listing presentations virtually. Um, when we're listing properties and selling properties, we're doing things called Matterport, which is kind of like a 3D virtual tour. So people can kind of walk through a house as if they were physically seeing it. And then if they're a serious buyer, we're asking them to send us the pre-approval letter, send us the proof of funds, make sure they're actually real buyers um, before uh-huh. we'll let them actually walk the property. So um, it's a little bit more work and we have to like wipe down the property after, you know, certain properties go through it. So um, a little bit more work on our side, but we just make sure that, you know, everybody stays safe. And I think that's, we've been blessed as a team that nobody, you know, nobody's got COVID or our families are safe. Right. So that's the number one objective I think right now. Are you cleaning the houses yourself or do you bring it a team? How does that work? Um, a lot of times we will. So, you know, you bring the Lysol, you bring the, you know, um, disinfectant wipes and you just kind of wipe down certain uh, um, services, but we do ask them to wear booties and then wear gloves and masks. So a lot okay. of times if they're wearing the gloves and masks, then we shouldn't have to worry about wiping down too many services, but um, like the lockbox, the keys, if people are using that, um, we'll make sure that we disinfect those type of things that people right, actually right. physically touch. How have the customers taken to that? I think it's a it's the new normal, you know. Like we talk about that now, this is like one of the big words mm-hmm. for 2020. Um, I think you know we've had to adapt, and because of the low shortage of inventory, so kind of a real quick state of the industry. I mean, we've had inventory issues going back to 2019, but going into co- a COVID environment where people don't want you to be in their house and people have held off this year and selling their properties. Oh yeah, because of, because of COVID, I think um, throughout the country we're having inventory issues. Um, so that's, but, and then the low interest rates we've had all time, you know, this is historically, historically low interest rates where some of our clients have got under two and a half percent, you know, uh, 30 year fixed wow. you know, financing. So that's like almost free money. You're never probably going to see this again in our lifetime. Um, but again, so that's what, though, though, that's like the perfect storm for a housing, mm-hmm. a housing boom. So first quarter was great. You know, we, we, our team came out the gates firing. Uh, second quarter, everything shut down. So we had to, you know, pivot and kind of just, you know, stay, stay home. And, you know, LA County was probably one of the most strictest areas throughout the country as far as the shutdown. Right. 
Um, and then after that, you know, uh, third and fourth quarter, we've actually come out the gates firing again and our team has done actually really, really well, but it's all relationships. So I think that it's because we've been active with educating our clients about right. what's going on and, and staying in front of them. Um, a pro tip that I'm telling everybody right now, cause I'm going to give a couple pro tips throughout the call, but for people in sales, I always mm -hmm. tell you, tell people work harder in the fourth quarter. So this is the time that we're making a lot of care calls and the care calls are not right. something where you're asking for business. You're just checking in to see how everybody's doing. You know, you're saying, Hey, you know, just want to make sure everybody's safe. You know, you guys, you know, how you guys dealing with the COVID, you know, this whole cr crazy world that we're living in. We're excited to see 2021, but I think in, eventually, you know, they're going to call you or they're going to remember you when they have to do something or they need a referral to you. So um, that's, you know, that's kind of how I know you too. I remember my story about yeah. you too is um, I referred you to Chris who helped you find a rental property out there too. Yep. Right. Yep. And eventually yep. and might, and might, we might did a virtual, a virtual uh, showing as well too. So, you know, we did it through Google Hangouts. I got to tell you my experience. So we did it obviously before it was cool. And uh, uh, my my thing about that is you have to have trust in your realtor because while you're looking at it through a video call, I mean, it's still limited. It gives you an idea, but it didn't give us the true complete idea as we're trying to piece it through the heads and, you know, our heads and, and looking at the pictures and ultimately it came down to when we were talking with chris who will eventually be on this show one day too is chris which house is bigger they were both the same price and he's like oh by far this one and that's the one we ended up in and then he he forgot to tell us that uh there's a staircase leading right up from like the main living room mm -hmm. to the master bedroom with no door no privacy curtain or anything so the kids just walk right up in my bedroom whenever they want you know he did that no on purpose right he probably did that he, on he, purpose Steve. he did it's a very open open house but when we first got there it was like huge we were amazed because it's cheaper than when i was paying out in la and it's literally like five times the house in a huge huge yard and it, it was just so open but there was at first because of how open it was the staircase we were kind of like we love the size but it is a little weird it took about two three months living here and then it did grow on us and now we absolutely love this house we actually want to buy this house uh, when the landlord's ready to sell it but it. yeah yeah i mean that experience though there was a little bit of a disconnect. Now, obviously this was before the, the pandemic. So I'm sure that showing houses virtually and things like that is probably some improved methods, but do you see that at all as far as they see it on video or whatever, and they think one thing, then when they go to see the house in person, they're like, oh God, no, this is horrid. So that's where I think that the, the Matterport, Matterport is kind of like the standard right now as far as the mm -hmm. gold standard for virtual tours. So I think mm -hmm. that you, know, you have Oculus and like those, you know, 3D lenses. You can actually walk through the house as if you're walking through the oh, house. Oh, wow. You know, you could look at the ground, you could look at the sky. Um, so it's fully you, 3D. So it's fully 3D. And you're 3D. using Oculus. Um, you can. So, you, I mean, buyers that are that sophisticated because you have to have that software. But um, I think that's the future. You I don't think that... provide those, though. I'm sorry for interrupting, but you don't provide those, though, as a realtor to help you get the sale? 
You know, that's a great question, but um, I don't think any that not that's why I was just about to say that I think that is the future where people are going to come into my office. We're going to have uh -huh. a virtual room that you actually put on the, the Oculus. You walk through, you know, 20 homes virtually, and then you see, you know, you see the best ones you like three or four of them that you like that after it pulls you in virtually. So I think it saves time. Um, but I don't uh -huh. know of any realtors doing that because of COVID. We're, our team is thinking about that, yeah. but because we can't really physically meet, um, I think a lot of those type of ideas are getting pushed off till about a year from now. So I don't. Oh yeah, I don't see it, things coming back it would to normal. Be huge time savings. But how is it for the homeowner, the person who's selling the house? Okay, mm -hmm. uh, how do they get set up in that software? Does someone just come scan the house, take pictures of it, or what? similar to the photographer so again one of the another pro tip is you have to have your house show amazing online now so you have to have a phenomenal photographer so that it's their first impression mm -hmm. um the virtual tour it has like a 3d camera where it spins so um okay. so basically it does a whole up down you know 180 degree kind of lens so it takes all that stuff and then it has a software it stitches it together so then it has okay. like a i'll send you a copy of it too so you can take a look at it what it looks like um yeah that'd be pretty uh, cool to see yeah, definitely. So it's like a dollhouse. You can look it up. You can, it's like a 3D rendering. So you have a, a 3D rendering of it. And then you also have a floor plan. So we do a 2D floor plan and then the virtual walkthrough. So that's, I think, the new normal. I mean, some, it does cost a little bit more on our side. but um, So not all realtors are doing that. But I think on the selling side, if your realtor is not doing that, that's something I would ask is do you do virtual tours and 3D virtual tours? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that makes me think. So back in 2004, I mean, this is uh, a year after my kid was born, uh, I'm 19, probably 20 in 2004. And I was like, oh, crap, you know, I need to go back uh, home from Mexico for a little bit. Um, and we we were up there and I started selling roofs for my dad. He owned a, a small construction company, rural Pennsylvania, very, very small, not a lot of sales, enough to cover him and, you know, like maybe three, four workers, uh, uh, their salaries for a year. You know, that's all they were built out. And I'm like, I could totally sell this for you easy. Like this is easy peasy for me. And what we did was we went out, we got a software. And at the time, 2004, this was totally innovating. But I could take a picture of their house, put it in this software and show them what it would look like with brand new Owens Corning shingles, for example, a brand new roof. And that allowed us to sell so many roofs because then they could see their house with different styles, different colors, uh, all those types of things. And it, it just made it that much easier for us to scale from, you know, the 150,000 he was doing before all the way up to a million. Right. So there's there's software now, you know, because our, our, our industry is trying to always innovate, too, that I saw when, um, you know, I have a lot of group texts with uh, group chats with some of the best and brightest mm -hmm. realtors throughout the country. But we're always joking about what we see in the industry and stuff. Um, but there is there's new software that you could do virtual staging. So a staging, right. I think staging is important recently. So if the house shows phenomenal, these houses are going to sell for top dollar, um, especially online. So that's what kind of pulls them. Um, but then um, there's a thing called box brownie that our team is using. And actually you could take out clutter from a house. So I've seen houses that had like that hoarders were living in. And this is when those people get paid the most we were talking about on our chat because they took out all this stuff and just made it. So it was an empty room. And it was, I couldn't believe how phenomenal it looked. It was crazy. 
but they're able to wow. do that those type of things um or puts you know furniture in that's modern even though the furniture is older and then you just have to have a disclaimer saying that you know this is these are virtually staged pictures and stuff like that it is the room um but it's those are the type of things you can do as well in a covid environment to, to you know if you don't want people coming in your house or you know your house i, I gotta admit I didn't know that many people that when people were selling their house, a lot of the furniture, stuff like that was actually staged up until a few years ago when I actually sold uh, the SAP Business One or with Vision 33, the ERP, you know about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I sold it to Meredith Bayer, which is one of the top uh, staging companies nationally. And they are running business one, totally happy. And they were explaining, like, they go through and it's kind of like a rental process, but sometimes, and they actually manufacture some of their furniture too. And sometimes they say that, uh, you know, you're selling a house, the homeowners find out then, the new homeowners find out, oh, this is actually just stage but I love it like this and they want to keep it like that. So then they end up buying the furniture then to keep the house like that too. You ever run into that? Yeah. We have a great relationship with our stager too, but that's uh, usually the case. They'll pick certain items. They go, you know, I love the couch and they'll make an offer. And I just let my stager and our clients uh, work those out, but the, our little side do, deals. Yeah. Little side deals for our, for our you know, benefits for our stager, okay, but it's all okay. about relationships and staging is important because it's that first oh, impression yeah. that makes, you know, makes them really want to love that house and, you know, spend, especially with home means different, a lot different, I think now, um, or home means more than ever, I think right now because of COVID. Oh, so I yeah. think people are moving out of luxury town, town condos, um, cause they're not having to go into downtown as much, you know, they're doing a lot of things virtually. So a lot of attorneys are, are actually selling a lot of luxury uh, condos and moving into the suburbs. So that's why there's oh, yeah. a high so, demand man. for, for great houses that have a home office or um, if another I was trend living is, in LA yeah. with the house that we had in Azusa, I mm -hmm. would be going bonkers. Now, truth be told, if, uh, if I didn't move to Philly, I was probably going to get a bigger house in LA, but the house that we had out there, you know, we had five people living in it and it was, a townhouse, a two-story townhouse. It was decent sized originally, but since then my 17-year-old my who was like 14 at the time moved from with his mom in Mexico back up to my house. We had another baby, so we added another person and it started to get cramped at the end. And that's where I'm so grateful that I moved to Philly when I did in the Philly suburbs because this has been a blessing in disguise for us having this space in our yard because we live in a corner lot. So it's huge. We have a trampoline out there. You know, we have the space that everybody's been able to find their own space to get through this pandemic with our peace of mind. And that's where I think a lot of people are trapped in their house, you know, if they're living in a condo. So I have a lot of clients calling us now saying, you know what, we just did a Airbnb and we were in a house versus a condo. And it's look, we, that's a, it was a life changing event for them because they're like, look, we need to buy a house. We don't want to be oh, in yeah. a condo anymore, especially with, you know, with this knowing a lot of people can work from home now. So it, it definitely looks like, um, you know, this pandemic's going to be here for a while. I think I was just reading possibly even today, like a new stay at home order, I think in LA County or something like that uh, might be coming out with that. Do you think that potential 
is going to to kill the market at all? Do you, do you think people are still going to be buying homes? I mean, does that bring a level of uncertainty? What's your best guess? Okay, so um, no, so I think honestly, the best time to buy a house is going to be between now and next year. So, and the reason being is because I always follow the best and brightest, you know, economists throughout the the world. Um, I was just on a call with um, uh, Jim Glassman from uh, it was a Chase call um, from Chase Bank, but they had him. He's one of he's actually part of the Philly Federal Reserve. Um, he's on their okay. board of advisors. So um, knows what he's talking about, very active in that world. He says that interest rates should stay low for at least another year, year and a half. I think when interest rates starts to creep up, that's when things might slow down a little bit. Um, but again, I think that um, that was from Jim. Our, our chief economist, which was, was one of the top economists in the world, uh, Dr. Lawrence Yoon for the National Association of Realtors. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that, that he says is due to the delayed inflation, because of all the money we're printing and all this stuff that we're doing, you know, to help out families throughout this pandemic, um, you know, between the years of 2025 to 2030. So you're talking about five to 10 years out. Yeah. Inflation could be four to 7%. You're talking about mortgage interest rates being six to 9% possibly. Um, everything is going to be going up. So, you know, house price or, you know, house prices over the next five to 10 years, obviously are going to go up. Um, but then at that time, it would take a negative dip if the rates are so double. You're or saying this as yeah. solid advice built off of real true data from economists, not just because you want to sell more houses in quarter four. No. So here's the reason I, I, you didn't let me finish the punchline. So the punchline okay. is <laughs> Sorry. The, from the data is everything, you know, health is going to go up, rent's going to go up, you know, insurance is going to go up. The only way to battle inflation is to lock in an affordable housing payment right now. So right now yeah. with these rates at two and a half percent, you could lock in a, a rate that you know that's going to be that same payment for the next 30 years. You know, so you yeah. can budget for that. Everything else is going to be going up. So again, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I think the market obviously is going to take a dip a little bit when the rates are six to nine percent because you're talking about two to three times what it is today. So it's okay. just a, it's affordable. And I think that's the decision buyers are having no. to make right now. Is they're having to pay more than appraisal value for properties to get into them. And that's the honest truth right now for the buyer side. On the seller side, it's the best time ever to sell because of the low inventory and the rates. Yeah. So we have properties yeah. getting 20 offers, you know, 15 offers, and it's going over, you know, 70 to 80,000 over what we listed for. You know, it's probably 50,000 above appraisal value. So it's pretty okay. intense as far as it's a tough market for buyers. So, um, you know, I do have competitive. So, very competitive. So I is, have is the thirty-year thirty-year flat rate mortgage then would probably with how low interest rates are. That's usually going to be the the best deal, you'd say. Yeah, I mean, when are you going to get less than three percent interest rates on a thirty-year fixed? I mean, yeah. I thought the best time ever was two thousand twelve when I bought my house, and you know, are we locked in at three point six at that time? Um, but again, yeah. this is the rates are almost a point less than right now, so. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than this. And that's why buyers are, are desperate to get into something right now because they want to lock in that interest rate versus, you know, when it starts to go up. Because even a three and a half, four percent rate is a good rate. But I think that the buyers, the payment's going to be a lot higher. So we're talking about a payment of three to four hundred dollars more on that same five hundred thousand dollar mortgage. So, again, yeah. I think that, you know, it just doesn't make sense, you know, as the rates go higher and the, the property values have gone up 20 percent from three years you know, from now. So the right now is definitely the time to buy. Now and we're fall, talking. Yeah. Oh, fall. Oh. Let, me, 
another tip real fast is yeah. fall is always the best time to buy too. So we've just closed escrow on about three clients last month that got decent deals in this crazy buyer market because there's less competition. So some people don't want to close escrow during the holidays right now. And some of them are burned out because they're frustrated. They've gotten beaten out multiple times on other deals. So it's, it's, you know, I think right now, if you're serious about buying a house, stay, keep your foot on the, on the pedal, you know, hopefully you're working with the right agent. Um, a buy, another pro tip is always interview three. So, you know, you might have a cousin that's the realtor and he's in Philly and you love him, but I'd say, you know, interview Chris interview, you know, or maybe a couple other people when you're looking to buy or sell a property, because you're going to get different ideas. You're going to get different marketing plans. You're going to give you different ideas about neighborhoods. And there's a lot yeah. of stuff happening in the, in the market. So you do want to work with a local agent that knows the area that has relationships with listing. Agents. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's, that's definitely some good pro tips. Now we're talking residential. What about commercial? I know many of our customers, my company even, we're eliminating downsizing most of our offices because two thirds of our employees that worked in those offices say, Hey, even when this stops, we want to work from home. Okay. So how bad is commercial re real estate right now? Um, I feel for those commercial practitioners, I've had some, you know, top producers that says, look, you know, I've sold two properties or I, I lease two properties this year when they're usually selling properties. I mean, uh, it's luckily in California, we had um, a prop 15 that would have reassessed almost all the properties in California, commercial properties, and just hit besides the COVID, you know, pandemic would have hit them with more tax taxes and made it more expensive. Everybody would have lost their business. So luckily, um, you know, the people of California voted that down. Um, yeah. but I think that the, the commercial market is still in for a lot of hurt because we're still on this unknown. There is the vaccine that just, you know, we have great news about, but until people feel more comfortable about going back out, I don't see the commercial market, you know, um, if, unless businesses are willing to pivot, you know, uh, you know, I, I do feel my dad's in the seafood business. Remember, you know, he's in fish King. Um, and you know, these, even the country clubs right now, they just shut down outdoor dining. And if they do that, you know, they were doing very, very well, but if they do that, they're going to kill these country clubs too. So, um, there was just a lawsuit that was won in, you know, a couple of days ago by the restaurants and the restaurant owners in LA saying we want to have open dining because, um, LA County has until Friday tomorrow to prove now, because they had that win earlier this week that they, they have to have science behind it to say, hey, this is a problem and this is creating COVID, you know, more COVID cases. Um, otherwise, they're going to have outdoor dining to try, try to keep these restaurants alive, try to keep these people, you know, to put family, you know, food and maybe some presents on the table, you know, for the holidays. So right, it's a tough right. time one, right now for a lot of families. One thing that I've seen in the commercial real estate, while yes, they are losing out some places in malls have actually been fitted now for ghost kitchens are you familiar with that at all i've heard of stuff like that um yeah but it's about how you pivot but yeah i, I think that there people are trying to repurpose a lot of commercial buildings um to yeah. find out better better uses for them yeah for our listeners viewers ghost kitchens are say it's a it's a real restaurant but they have no dine-in or takeout experience. It's a restaurant that solely exists for DoorDash, Uber Eats, stuff like that. And right now, because of how a lot of these real estate places are hurting, they're taking advantages of, okay, well, we can fill it with a ghost kitchen instead of just leaving it vacant. 
And, uh, you know, it's really, really interesting how that whole market is kind of innovating and growing out because of because of COVID, you know? True. I think that you're going to see a whole change in the commercial real estate market over the next 10 years as they repurpose a lot of these properties and try to figure out, you know, what's the highest and best use for these properties. But right, um, right. commercial so, real estate, you know, yeah. it, it's a good time to maybe think about buying, but not now um, mm -hmm. in the near future, some commercial properties, because some, some properties have lost a lot of value recently. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So with, I have two questions because we do got to start getting wrapped up. National mm -hmm. Association of Realtors, okay. You are with them. What role did you have with them again? Um, so I'm one of the 900 board of directors throughout the country. So we, you know, our job is to protect private property rights, um, try to keep the realtor in the center of the transaction. But I love my involvement with them because I, that's where I get to network with realtors like Chris. You know, yep. we're on a, a leadership academy uh, together. Um, so he's one of my leadership academy um, brothers. But that association is the National Association of Realtors that really is the, the voice of real estate. So I'm one of the 900 right. uh, board of directors that, that votes on stuff. So one of the things I, I appreciate you asking me that question, because mm -hmm. um, earlier last or last month, we had a very controversial um, decision about um, about hate speech. So as I leaned into this subject, it's, uh, you know, we had controversial debates throughout the last three weeks prior to the vote um, last month. And it was interesting because, you know, if you really want to look into the, the, um, the history of real estate, NER, the National Association of Realtors, was part of the problem. So there was this um, Newsday article that came, that came out in Long Island called Long Island Divided that talked about, you know, some of the steering and some of the stuff that's still happening in today's real estate market. So because of that, and fair housing is a hot ticket right now, and we want to make sure we do what's best. Um, the mm -hmm. National Association of Realtors is the largest trade organization in the world. We're 1.4 million wow. members strong. So with that type of voice and with that type of uh, pull, we decided to take a huge step forward to say, look, we're not going to tolerate that anymore. So not only when you're just practicing real estate in your daily life, if you mm -hmm. see somebody, you know, post something, you know, egregious, you know, that talks about hate speech on any protected class, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, they could actually lose their license now and be kicked out of the, the National Association of Realtors. So, wow. it's a, wow. it's a, yeah, I think we all can agree that's good. Uh, you know, my only concern is, is that you know, when I hear things like this, it doesn't matter if it's Facebook, if it's true, Twitter, true, true. wherever it is, you know, is it actually hate speech or did the, did you just hurt someone's feelings? You know, it, it's a fine line sometimes. And, you know, that's the only thing that, that, you know, concerns me with that stuff. Cause I obviously, you know, love, love much that in the question. Free speech. Okay, love, love that question. And that is the, that was what was the big hot, tip, hot, hot topic that we debated on. But here's the, the bottom line is you have to trust the process. So if we found something out like that, say you take uh -huh. somebody you know, at a bar joking around and it was a joke night and they said a racist joke or a, a hate uh -huh. speech joke against the protected class, you know, we would probably get it sent to grievance as a process. You send it to grievance. It goes if it's you know if they see something you know violated they would send it to pro standards. I'm actually on my pro standards committee for my local association of realtors in Arcadia, so I would be one of the ones that is the judge basically. I'm doing training tomorrow about this new 
this, exactly this new law called 10.5 that we, Article 10.5 that we passed. Um, and right. again, it was controversial. It was 570 to 233. So it passed by 71%. So there's a lot of people that still did not want this to pass. But the end of the day is you have to trust the process there. You know, if we, we, we're going to get trained on how this looks, but again, I think that at the end of the day, if it's egregious and they're doing it and they have, you know, a record of doing stuff like that. So we've throughout those three weeks or months up to this vote, we saw examples of things that were happening. There was stuff in the news in Arizona, you know, I don't want to talk right. about some of the bad stuff that I've heard over the last three weeks that, that are happening. Oh, no, there. no. I think like how you're saying about that, I think that's a better way. I think Twitter, I think Facebook should have better process, you know, put it to I think Facebook has started to implement something like that, but put it to a diverse committee of people right. on all sides. And like uh, if it goes through the process and they're like, hey, yes, this is this is bad. This is really, considered. really bad. Right. Yeah. And, and, and Put that's, it to that and let the people, you know, let them say, yes, 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 it is. And then, bam, it is, you know, some things are obvious, you know, but there's I, other things that are, you know, right on the borderline that you could take it one way, but maybe that person actually meant it in another way, you know, and they have no idea that it could be meant bad. True, true. And a lot of people, a lot of realtors aren't leaning in and they don't even know that this law passed. So I think that there is going to be a, a, a learning process over this, but it's an education piece. And I think that yeah. it makes me proud to be a realtor for making, you know, what, you know, these type of votes where we can put this forward. Well, I look back in my life and say, that's the one time, you know, a few times I've really made a difference, I think, in my career mm -hmm. as being a realtor. And I think that was one of them. Okay. So one last question before we get your contact info. What should we look for in a realtor? You've already told us to interview three, but what type of thing should we be asking? So how do you, yeah, so that's a great question. I think that it's all about relationships. So you look for a hyper local realtor um, that, you know, is active in your local market or depending on what, what you're looking for. Um, I think that you try to, um, it's like and trust. I tell everybody that's the biggest thing. If you like somebody and you trust them, because that's who you mm -hmm. kind of talked about, you know, with Chris, you really have to trust him because you didn't see the house. Right. So again, you know, and that's, that's tough. I think that could Especially be because we were doing a two year contract. I know you were, that's why. So plus it's the new normal though. So some people are, I think are not going to see a house because they don't feel comfortable and they might rent or buy a property. And I think that's something where it really comes down to relationships. So I think that, you know, the pro tip is always interview three, make sure you feel comfortable, maybe check their references, check them out on Yelp. Um, mm -hmm. but a lot of those things matter. So I think there are some review sites too, that you can find out different information and, um, especially with escrow and title or termite companies, check them out on Yelp because I guarantee you, you can see some crazy stuff on certain companies if you don't do your homework. Oh yeah. You know, when I was checking out houses in LA, this is maybe six or six months or to a year. No, actually, this is when I was looking for my first house to move to LA from mm -hmm. San Diego before I was at City Club. I just got my job at Vision 33. And we went up there a few times, but there was a lot of, I thought they were scam companies. You know, they'd be like, oh, well, before we can even talk to you about any listings or show you any listings, you gotta pay 200 bucks. Yeah, yeah, that's a scam. I mean, those are those are like phishing sites where they try to get you to buy into like a lead or uh, so you can see the information. And there's a lot of weird stuff like that. Yeah, I so, mean, we were up there in person. It was crazy. Another tip then is there's about five million people that can sell real estate in the country. 
1.4 of them are realtors that abide by the code of ethics that, you know, that we're talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that you, you try to work with the realtor because there are people that just have a license just to have it for their work or their, they need it for, you know, certain things. They just get it to mm -hmm. sell their mom's house. Um, make sure you work with someone that, that abides by the code of ethics that is a realtor. Um, and that's, or if you need a good realtor throughout anywhere in the country, that's what you need to take my information down for is because I can refer you to some of the best and brightest anywhere in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I was moving to Philly and he's like, Hey, one of my best friends besides <laughs> you, David, it lives out there in Philly and totally hooked me up. And Chris, Chris Beadlings, his name in Philly, he will be on this podcast eventually. He's just really busy right now. But um, anyways, Ryan, how can people reach out to you? Okay, so the easiest thing, if you want to get in touch with me, if you're coming to Southern California, my team is never busy or never too busy for your referrals. So we'd love to help any family, friends um, that are coming to Southern California, most likely in the Pasadena, San Gabriel Valley area, about a radius, about 10 miles uh, between downtown and uh, the San Gabriel foothills. But my phone number is 626-253-4557. Um, otherwise, you can take a look at our website. It's www.think. T-H-I-N-K-R-E like real estate and link L-I-N-K is in kite.com. Um, that's my team. Um, so we have three other realtors that work with me, uh, my daughter, um, a phenomenal team behind us and a, a contractor, a handyman. Um, that kind of makes up Think Relink. Um, but otherwise you can search me on social media, which luckily is uh, my last name is pretty unique. So it's Ryan, last names. Uh, so it's R-Y-A-N, last names A-S-A-O, O is an octopus. So you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Um, those are the best ways to contact me. Perfect. Perfect. Hey, this has been fun, interesting, and you made real estate fun. I appreciate it, man. So hopefully, you know, we got some, or the listeners got some value and um, I appreciate it. Yeah. It's an honor to be on the show, David. No, no problem, man. Thank you for everything you've done throughout my career the last few years. I mean, you really helped unlock it. And now that I got this show, this is my way of paying you back. So uh, plus you taught me a thing or two. So thank you, man. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch up later. Sounds good. Cheers. Take care, David. Bye, guys. Yep. Oh, man, I love Ryan. Such a great interview and an amazing friend like i said big shout out to him once again because it was ryan who believed in me and gave me my break that really helped shape my whole career and was a real crucial pivotal point for me that helped define who I am today. So thank you again, Ryan. You're amazing. And I love and appreciate your friendship. First, I got to remind y'all, if you enjoyed this interview as much as I did, please smash those subscribe and like buttons no matter where you're watching or listening, whether you're on YouTube, Spotify, Deezer, Google Podcast, iTunes, Amazon, Audible, wherever. Just smash that subscribe button and... And, 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 if you really want to help, please share this video out with your network. Come on, let's get Ryan and Shark Bite Biz Trending. So let's get back to Ryan, okay? He had some great advice, not just for the real estate market, but sales in general. Many salespeople and businesses out there run things, you know, on monthly or quarterly cycles. 
quarter end, year end, that is huge in my industry because, well, we do SAP business. SAP is a publicly traded business. They have to do the quarterly revenue reports and basically our sales uh, impact that report. So, so a good portion of people end up emptying their pipelines in quarter four. Well, if you're successful, I guess you could say. And it really leaves it to where quarter one's down because you sold everything in quarter four and you kind of lost focus a little bit. Okay. Now, this goes back to something I've said on the show throughout the whole history of this podcast. It's keep one eye on the present, but you also need to keep one eye on the future. The decisions that you make today are going to directly affect what happens tomorrow and will ultimately determine if you reach your end goals or not. So with that in mind, everybody, you know, they're all hot and heavy trying to close up quarter four strong, especially during this year with the pandemic. How many people are actually looking ahead at this point, okay? How many people are starting to think about quarter one? I think we're just too busy all the time thinking about the now, okay? If you're in sales, in business, you should be doing the contact, just like Ryan said, and start prepping for quarter one. Start engaging in conversations. Yeah, you're not going to pull them inside to do demos or Things like that right now, probably. That'll happen in quarter one. But start engaging with them. You know, call them up, wish them happy holidays, whatever. Get the conversation started in the flow. And I think that's going to help you get in a much better position for quarter one if you start making some of those contacts towards the end of quarter four. It's also great to hear how the real estate market has digitally transformed and it's also really great to hear how the real estate market is digitally transforming and now using essentially bleeding edge tech in times like these where you can't really do things in person like we used to being able to use vr to do a walkthrough of a home you might purchase I mean, wow, that's pretty amazing. That's mind-blowing. I mean, yeah, the technology has been around, but just like so many other things that have been around for a couple years now, they're always teetering on the edge of mainstream or being irrelevant. I mean, think about how many houses you can see without leaving the realtor's office. How much time is saved and how much more efficient is this doing things virtually? Yeah, I think seeing a house in person compared to photos, uh, photos, I, they give you an idea, but seeing it in person really is the big difference, okay? Now, with the VR dynamic, though, while you're walking through the house, I think that's pretty awesome and i think that's a whole nother perspective unlike just flat uh photos so it's really amazing and i'd like to see how that actually turns out is that a trend is that a fad during covid or is that going to be here to stay and if it is here to stay how many more industries are going to innovate using things like vr to help them sell more efficiently and to make it a better sale. 
As always, this was an amazing interview we just had. What did you think? Today's discussion question is going to be, have you done a VR tour of a house? What do you think about it? Leave your comment here on YouTube and let's discuss. Do you want to be a guest in the show, though? Do you have a good idea, a business story? You want to talk about how businesses have pivoted during the pandemic? Shoot me an email, david at sharkbitebiz.com. It may take me a minute to respond to the emails. Uh, This is a side project of mine, but I do always respond, and I get the people on the show. You've seen a lot of them, so... Yeah, reach out to me. Let's get this ball rolling. Let's continue to create this awesome, awesome community we got going on. So once again, I'm David Strausser. This is Shark Bite Biz, and we'll see you again next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story. 